Welcome to the City Church Cebu Podcast, raising the standard, and the standard is Jesus. We've asked the pastors to just share a message from their hearts to each one of you, and we want to make sure that you understand that it's all not about just what happens here on stage. There's always a lot of people that make this church what this church is, and so Uh, Some of the pastors will be coming on stage today just to give you a greeting from their heart to yours, from their house to yours, from their family to yours. It is about resurrection today. And I don't want you all to just go to the mall and eat uh, as you normally would. I want you to be grateful. Amen? Because you are a Christian. Okay, 13 people are Christians. Can we make it 14? Some people don't like the number 13. We are Christians. Yeah. And and there's a difference that Jesus is on the inside of you. And it's not just a church you attend. It's the life that you have. Amen. And so we're not just saying, hey, it's Resurrection Sunday. We're supposed to be alive. We're supposed to be alive every day. Yes. Because I've been to some churches that are some really dried up, dead churches. And they don't represent what Jesus did on the cross and then rise from the dead. It's not about the cross today. It's about Him rising from the dead. Amen. And there should be joy inside every church and every Christian and every believer because He is on the inside of us. And so as each pastor comes, uh, Pastor Grace, you're going to come first. Yeah. And and Pastor Grace has been with us right from the very beginning before this church even began we were planning to start a church already called city church and she's here today to give you a greeting from her heart to your heart would you welcome pastor grace please good morning city church a blessed resurrection sunday and throughout my journey until today Pastor Joe and Ma'am Sheila were there for me and my family before City Church and even until today. And that's what I'm going to share about today. Earlier, we sang about the love of God. The children sang about the love of God. And this story that I'm going to share to you, a testimony of His love with me. It's not my testimony of His love, but His love with me because He is the main character in this story. Amen? Amen. So in December 4 of 2000, my husband passed away. That started the beginning of my life in turmoil. I was so much dependent upon him. And I asked, why God? Every time I was alone in my bed at night, I would always say, why? And three words that he will always talk to me about is, I love you. I don't understand that moment I cry, and I said, why, Lord? And he said again, because I love you. It was throughout this, tor- this dreadful years of my life. It was not tragic since I was still alive, but it was dreadful. It was fearful for me and my children because we don't know the future. But it was the assurance of his love. He was there for each one of us. Fearful because I don't know what the future holds in the lives of my three children. I was raising up three children who were at that time in college together. But God was there. 
That's why he assured me of his love. I did not understand it at all. But his ways are so much higher than our ways that he doesn't need any explanation. All he needs from us is faith and trust. Day by day, his love was evident even until today. As what I have said earlier, this is not my story, but there is his love story with me. It was his personal love that gave me strength to move on in life. A personal revelation. It was his perfect love that caused me to overcome fear of the future and of the unknown. It was the assurance of his love that made my father less children. Learn to trust him. Call upon him as their heavenly father, as their provider, protection, their guide. And you know what? They have reached this destination because of that. My three children are serving the Lord the way they are serving God. God wants them to serve. And I trust God for that. I believe it was because of His love. It was His unconditional love that put me back on track. When I was frustrated, confused, insulted, accused, discouraged, I tried to run away from His call. But His love put me on track. It was in Him, His Holy Spirit, the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, that I was able to run through the game, reaching up to the high call of God in my life. It was the power of His love that saved me from myself, trying to run away from my life but instead I noticed I was running back to him he is alive and proves his love to me day by day and that's my story that's my testimony of his love story with me he can also do that to each one of us yes because his love is personal. Love is a person. And this is the person of God that says in the Bible, for God is love. Amen. Personally, and I have noticed this throughout my Christian life, that the most fundamental motivation in discipleship in which I went through in the discipline and the school of the Holy Spirit is His perfect love. Scripture says in Proverbs 3, 11 to 12 and Hebrews 12, 5 to 6, that He said, He disciplines those whom He loves, that we will be partakers of His divine nature or holiness. That's the love of God. And a blessed resurrection to everyone. I know His love is also working in your life. God bless you, church. And today, I just want to introduce our fired-up pastor. 
He is with Richards and he did so well. He led the Richards team and now he is here. Pastor Herbert was going to share his work with God. Thank you, Pastor Grace. That was great. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, what, encouraged me, what encourages me about resurrection and this, I want to encourage you, is that the resurrection of Jesus shows me that the best is yet to come. Can you tell that to the person next to you? The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come in your relationship with Jesus, in your family, you know, in your business, in your children. The best is yet to come. Did you know that God's mind is on you? That God thinks about you all the time. Do you believe that? Yes? Amen? You're so special to God that He thinks about you all the time. In fact, there's not another person on this planet who could take your place. And it doesn't matter what your past is like. You know, when God thinks about you, a smile comes on His face. Um, maybe you're saying, but you don't realize what I've done in my life. Like what I said, it doesn't matter what your past is like. It doesn't matter what your past is like. God values you. God, you are special to the Lord. And you know, God believes in what happened in the cut at Calvary, even if no one else does. And when God looks at you, He looks through the blood of Jesus Christ and He sees someone, someone like you and me, that He loves so much and He has great plans for our life. I want you to know this morning, you haven't seen, you and I, we haven't seen the best days of our lives yet. And you know what? They're not behind us. They're ahead of us. You've got so much to look forward to in your life. And there's, and there's one thing that we need to do, you know, that we need to learn to do, and that is learn to stop limiting God. Because God is, God is big. God is huge. God is extravagant. And He, you know, he, he wants to give the desires of your heart. You know, he wants to give what your heart desires. But let's stop you know, thinking small. We just need to stop thinking small. I want to bring you to a verse in the Bible in one, Psalm 115, verse 12. Psalm 115, 12, it says, The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. Look at the verse. What's on the mind of God? Us. God sits on the throne and is thinking of how He can bless us. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. And the Bible says that He never sleeps nor slumbers. And I want to I imagine it like this. While we are sleeping at night, you know, God is thinking up ways to bless us when we wake up. What an amazing God that we serve. And He said, He's telling you, every one of us, I'll bless you in your coming in. I'll bless you in your going out. I'll bless you in this, in, in this, 
in this land. I'll bless you in Luzon. I'll bless you in Mindanao. I'll bless you in this city. I'll bless you in the field. Now, can you imagine God's great blessings chasing us down everywhere we go? And that's because God loves each one of us. And some of you are saying, well, my life is not like that. Nothing ever happens to me like that. And maybe it's because there's a lack of knowledge of your Father's love for you, of the love of Jesus Christ for your life. And it limits Him in your life. We'll continue the verses. Verse, let's continue. He will bless us. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. God wants to increase you more and more. Abundance in your life. Increase more and more in your life. God's nature is to bless us. And the Bible says that He does exceedingly abundantly all above all that you could ask or imagine or think can you think for a moment with me I don't know if we'll be able to comprehend that God is telling you I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or imagine I could do everything for your life and when you remove the limitations, you know, you'll find that this extravagant God can do extravagant things in your life. Amen. Amen. One of the greatest joys that I have is that God is big. God is huge. God is extravagant. You know, He wants to bless me, you know, beyond, you know, above all that I could think or imagine. And He wants, you know, to bless me. In fact, He wants to bless me with my wildest dreams in life. And even though we disappoint Him sometimes, or a lot of times, He still loves us. Even though we fail Him so many times, He still loves us. You know, even though you know, we make mistakes, He still loves us. He's the God of first, of, of second, third, of fourth, fifth, sixth. He's the God of many chances. Amen and amen. You know, City Church, no matter what you're going through right now, I don't know what you're going through right now. You might be in a situation that's more than you can handle. Um, financial problem that's more than you can handle. Relationship problem that's more than you can handle. No. Career problem that's more than you can handle. And before you sleep tonight, the devil is trying to convince you that there's no way out of your circumstance. And the devil is trying to tell you, you've had it, you're finished. No, it's over. No, it's impossible. But God is thinking about you. And God is thinking of a way of escape for you. And He's thinking of a way to get you from this and make your, your setbacks a triumph in your life. He turns all your failures and curse into blessings. And all the stumbling, every stumbling block, a stepping stone for a greater victory in your life. That's what God to us because he loves us you know I can I'll end, I'll end with this verse in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 but I'll read the message translation it says God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams 
And this says to me, this verse tells me that the best is yet to come. Get in position of receiving. You know, get rid of all limitations in your life and start seeing yourself blessed as never before. And as God increases the blessings in your life, you will be a great blessing to other people as well. The best days are ahead of you. When Jesus died on the cross and was buried, the devil was celebrating. It is done. You are finished. It's over. I won. But then he didn't know the best is yet to come. After three days, Jesus rose from the dead with all the lives of people, even today. Believing in the one true God, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. The best is yet to come in your life. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, be prepared for another awesome, awesome message from the Lord. I would like to call on Pastor JP. Thank you, Pastor Herbert. That was really awesome. You know, he, he is not only handsome, but he has a very big heart. So again, another big hand for Pastor Herbert. Happy Resurrection Sunday, City Church. You know, the Resurrection Sunday reminds me about the empty tomb and second chances. Yes, if it was about love for, uh, of course, for, for uh, Pan Bafatida Grace, and for Herbert, it was, you know, the best is yet to come. For me, it reminds me about second chances. I mean, who here needs a second chance? Who will need a second chance next week? We all do need second chances, correct? Now, in the New Testament, Mark accounts for the resurrection, including two small words that make all the difference. And what's these two words? You see... Mark begins to recount the women who came to, you know, the tomb and to anoint, okay, the Lord with oil for burial. And to their amazement, they found that the tomb was empty. And here comes an angel saying, the Lord isn't here. He is risen. In Mark 16, verse 7 says, okay, angel says, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Now, I'm sure you saw those two words. Those two small words that made a very big difference. Look carefully again. It says, tell his disciples and, and Peter. And Peter. Those two words, and Peter. Now, why, why would we find this insertion of and Peter in the midst of the angel's message? I mean, if we had a combative heart, we would say, uh, you know... Of course, you'd want to prove that Jesus rose. So you would say, go tell the disciples and Pontius Pilate and Herod and all of those people who have the conviction of Christ. Tell them. If we had an appreciative heart, we would say, go tell the disciples and John. John was with Mary the whole time in the cross. When, when everyone already left, fled away, he was the only one. But you know, God's word was more of affection. It was, you know, it's more of love. And our Lord knew Peter's heart. Imagine that Peter denied Christ at the hour of testing. 
and he was in dire need of encouragement, that word of encouragement. He needed a new beginning. He needed a second chance. And perhaps some of us has blown it. We've done a lot of bad decisions before. What is the message of the empty tomb? The message of the empty tomb is the message of a second chance. The resurrection for me means new hope, new life, a new start, a new opportunity, a new beginning. And with his two little words, Peter has revealed that a second chance is possible. A second chance is private. It is personal. And it's profitable. We know that it is possible because if it happened for Peter, it can also happen for us. We also know that it is personal. A second chance is personal. God called him by name. Tell the disciples and Peter. And we know also it's private. Look at this. Peter denied God publicly, but God forgave him privately. Imagine. Lastly, we understand that a second chance is profitable. Because of those two words, he got encouragement and he becomes one of the greatest evangelists of all time. You see, we all fail. We all need a second chance. But when you fail, always take heed. Listen to these words of final time. It says, Go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. In fact, City Church, the Lord wants to put your name into this verse. Saying, go tell his disciples and JP. Go tell his disciples and Herbert. Go tell his disciples and Shello. Go tell his disciples and Dodo and Gail and Snyder and Maiton. He wants to put your name there. He's so personal. And probably you feel that you've blown it. But remember those two words. And Peter. And because of that, we have the second chance. Now, I've made bad decisions before in my life. But I know God is the God of second chance. And I could imagine even me standing here leading ministries for what I've done before. And probably you guys, you don't have to deny God publicly. But your actions and your decisions says it all. This evening, I encourage, this morning, I encourage you to live a life that God has purpose for you. A lot of us, we live as though God hasn't resurrected. He's still dead. He's still in the tomb. And it's the same kind of mindset that the Israelites had. You know, they were already set free, yet they live with a slavery kind of mindset. And they say it's easy to take Israelites out of Egypt, but it's harder to take Egypt out of the Israelites. Sometimes we still have that slave kind of mindset. Not understanding that God has already resurrected. You see, God has set all of us free already. Our responsibility is to keep renewing our mind that we are victorious in Him. So God has resurrected and that means that all of us, we have a second chance in life and we have a second chance in what God has in store for us. So in behalf of my family, for Shallow, Eco, Chloe, and I, we want to say Happy Resurrection Sunday. I want to bring you back to the mentor of all mentors, Pastor Joe. Thank you. Thank you. That was Pastor JP. He 
leads our young couples ministry together with his wife, Shelo. And, and can you appreciate Pastor JP, Pastor Herbert, and uh, Pastor Grace? Pastor Brian's not with us today because his wife is suffering vertigo, and you, you want to make sure you keep her in prayer as well. But uh, th those are your pastors in this church. There's a lot of people, by the way, that claim to be pastors of City Church. I don't know why, but uh, just to let you know, those are your pastors right here. And they're here to really just always shepherd you, just be with you, okay? Amen? Are you good? You know what? Last week we talked about how horrible the disciples or we were to Jesus on that Holy Week from Palm Sunday till Resurrection Sunday, which is today. Remember that? You were with us? Yeah, they betrayed Him. They denied Him. They were all scattered. But then Friday, Good Friday, how you look at Good Friday, what a horrible feeling that must have been for the disciples. You forsake your, your fishing career, and then you decide to follow Jesus. You give everything to Jesus, and then... And then he dies on the cross. And, as, and we said to you last Sunday, that, uh, wouldn't it have been beautiful if on the day that Jesus resurrected, that there was a huge welcome. The production was ready. Worship teams were there. Everybody was assembled. And as soon as he came out of the tomb, everybody just shouted, surprise. But the surprise was on Jesus in that nobody was there. Of course, the... Women, the Marys, were around later, but by the time they came, the tomb was empty. I want you to look quickly with me that in understanding 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, reads like this, 1 Corinthians 15, 14, that if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith is also in vain. In fact, let's, let's understand this, City Church. If Christ, Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead, you and I are wasting our time. Amen? We're just doing church. But this beautiful faith that you and I have as Christians, now there are a lot of religions, come on, but there's only one that actually, one faith that actually declares that someone rises from the dead. Everybody else has their religion and they have their hero in their religion. But the difference with being a Christian is that he pays for our sins on the cross, but it doesn't end there. There's a real good clincher in the story. He rises from the dead. And as Pastor JP and Pastor Herbert and Pastor Grace were saying, you know what? It's, it's who my life was, but then Jesus came. And the beautiful thing about Jesus coming is Christians, listen, he came and he divides time between before him and after his death. He comes and even unbelievers today, the atheists will say today, you know, I don't believe in this Jesus. Well, what year is it to you? He'll say 2019. Of what? 2019 years later, there's a mark on the history of humanity that is what was done on the cross and how he rose from the dead, how Jesus lived on earth. That forever cannot be changed. And the world marks their day and year and time by that event. You are called by that. 
you don't mark time by when Buddha died or when, you know, Muhammad died. You, you mark your year with Jesus. Amen. But then that's human history. You have to have a personal mark in your life of when you weren't a Christian yet, when Jesus came into your life, that divides who you were before and who you are today. Can you agree with me that my life and yours is a lot better with Jesus now? Can you agree on that? Seriously. Are you glad you're a Christian? I don't mean a Christian that attends a church. I mean that Christ is in you and who you were before was horrible and who you are today is better. Yeah. Still a little bit horrible, but getting there. Amen. And so if you look at this verse, Romans chapter 8 verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And that, people, is who you were before and who you are after. Now, Pastor Grace said, you know, I went through a dreadful stage in my life wherein her husband passes away, you know, the children are still young, she has to put them to school, she was uncertain about what would happen in the future, and all they could do was trust and rest in the Lord. That's basically the story for each one of what Pastor Herbert was saying and Pastor JP was saying. It's, you really just can't rely on anyone or anything else but Jesus. So, here are the disciples they see their Jesus arrested and tortured, hanging on the cross. And you just gave everything to this person, and now the whole thing collapses. And guess what they did? They all ran away. Because seeing him on a cross on Good Friday, on that Friday, was so horrible that it's like, hey, I gave my whole career to this man. He, he promised us this, and we saw the beautiful miracles. We saw him walking, walking on the water. People, Peter kind of walked on the water for a while. Yeah. And then we saw him break bread and fish, and we fed thousands of people. We saw the blind see, the, the lame walk. We saw all these beautiful things, and now we see him hanging on the cross, and their whole world collapses. But you see, the story doesn't end there. The good part of the story is, but that was Friday. Sunday's still coming. And, and I remember when we started out in ministry, there was this, this bald preacher who would preach on just that simple phrase. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. He just kept repeating, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Because life doesn't end on Friday. Sunday's coming. And I loved how he said it because he, he used how a black preacher would say, It's Friday, but Sundays are coming. And he just kept repeating that phrase, It's Friday, Sunday's coming. It's Friday, Sunday's coming. And you know what that is? That is a message of hope that no matter how dark things are in life, and you might be in that dark season right now. 
In fact, your Good Friday have, might have been the last three months is Good Friday. Might have been the last five years is my Good Friday. But you know what? You can't stop the truth and the fact that Sunday's coming. You and I cannot stop, the world cannot stop the very fact that Jesus is coming again. Hello? Because it never ends on a sour note in your Bible. What this beautiful book can almost be summed up, it's so beautiful that it's like a fairy tale that in the beginning, once upon a time, and if you look at the very last pages, and they lived happily ever after. Because that's what we, you and I really do. So I don't know what your life is right now, as the pastors were telling you, no matter how bleak, no matter how dark it is, the beautiful news is Sunday's coming. Beautiful news is he rises from the dead and he meets them again and then he leaves them and he says, hey, you got a whole lot of work to do. Go all over the world and tell everybody about this story that Jesus died for your sins and he rose from the dead and he's coming again because that's the good news. The good news is not good news if Jesus doesn't rise from the dead and the good news isn't good news if he doesn't come back again. Amen. And, and I don't know about you, I love watching movies with a nice ending. Yes. I don't know about you, but I hate movies that just leaves you hanging and we're all supposed to make our own conclusions. And everybody has dinner afterwards. No, it should have been this, should have been that. No, it's really clear in the Bible. He is coming again. If he rose from the dead, he said, I will die on the third day, I will rise again. And he did. Guess what? They missed that chance because they should have been there on the third day. But they weren't. I guess legions of angels all celebrated that he rose from the dead. But I wish there were people there. But now we've got this other chance. Hey, he said, I'm leaving you, but I'm coming back. I'm going away and I'm preparing a place for you. I wonder what that place looks like. I know the streets are made of gold. I know it's clear, crystal as glass. I know that the, the walls are made of jewels. I know when it, and the, the gates are made of pearl, 12 gates, each made of one pearl. Big pearls, not small gates, okay? And I believe that when he comes, it's going to be so glorious that you can't compare the things that you're going through right now in your life. You might look at yourself, yeah, I'm getting old and I look ugly. I lost all my hair. My teeth are falling apart. I'm getting cataracts. My joints hurt. Uh, it doesn't matter because one day when he comes, he'll give you a glorious body. Yeah, but life is so bad. We're always having a hard time. You know, it doesn't matter because the good part is it always ends the best. You don't want to serve a God that ends in disaster. You want to serve a God that ends in life forevermore, forever and ever living with Him. And the good news about all of this is even though you might be going through Friday, even though it's Sunday today, your life might be like Good Friday. It hurts every day. It's painful. I wish this. Uh, we lost that. It doesn't matter. In the end, Sunday's coming. And that's what, why we celebrate today. Because Sunday's coming. Hebrews 6 will actually tell you we have this, this hope as an anchor to our soul. You know what an anchor is, right? When a, when a ship drops anchor, it's just, it claws onto the ground and no matter what storms come, it can't blow the ship away. You got to anchor yourself on the truth that Jesus is alive. 
Because if we're just going to look at a cross with a dead Jesus on it, then you're looking at a historical event, but you can't see the resurrection of it. We want to see an empty cross because that proves He's risen from the dead, especially an empty tomb. And if you're going through stuff right now, as we all do, I'm sure you're going through stuff. Yeah. Yes. You cannot compare the sufferings that you're going through to the glory that we're about to receive when He comes back. Father, thank You so much for hope. Thank You so much that no matter how bad things are, because we love You, all things work together for good. No matter how horrible the plot of the story might seem, we know all things end well. This is not some endless Game of Thrones sequel where it, when are we going to see the light? No, we are so sure that you rose from the dead that whatever you promised, you will do. That there is a truth established that God cannot lie. And when you said, Jesus, you're going away to prepare a place for us, you really are. And when you said you're coming back, you really will. When you said you will destroy the works of darkness and the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God, those words are true. And we put our entire life on what your word says, not what our eyes see. And no matter what we are seeing or experiencing right now, we can say, no matter how dark my life is on this Friday, I am so sure Sunday's coming. I'm so sure your words are yes and amen to everyone that believes. And there's a whole room of believers today that believe you are risen from the dead and you're coming back. And if you can raise your own body from the dead by the power of your spirit, surely you can resurrect everybody's dire situation in this room. So whatever you're going through today, Oh, Father, whatever people are going through, bless them with hope. You never, ever, ever run away from Jesus. You never, ever quit. You always hold on steadfast. This anchor of our hope that we know, the anchor of our soul, that we hope, we have hope that you are coming back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Bless this one to my left and right. Bless every household represented here. Bless every person who, whose soul may be struggling or broken. Bless every person who can't seem to see their Sunday. Bless them. There is somehow, some way, an answer and a way of escape. So we never give up. Christians never quit. Because our Jesus is an overcomer. We thank you, Lord God, for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.